You're listening to The Capital Table. Private capital markets have been evolving for many years, but never more so than in recent times. Take a seat at The Capital Table with leading experts discussing insights into the private equity and M&A worlds, and take away the knowledge you need to excel in a rapidly changing marketplace. We know this is one table you'll leave feeling full and satisfied. Hi, I'm Steve Brady, a partner and market leader for Transaction Advisory here at Witham. Welcome to another edition of the Capital Table. Excited to have returning to the table with us, Matthew Ferrante, who leads our cybersecurity practice. And uh, Matthew, you can certainly weave in a little bit of your background, but really today, what is today's cyber threat landscape? And should people, businesses, and investors really be concerned There's a lot going on. Let's dig into it. Absolutely. Yes, Steve. Um, Thank you, and thank you for having me today. Uh, I'm partner in charge of the Witham Cyber Team. Uh, And, you know, as far as today's cyber threat landscape, yep, it's brutal out there. Cyber attacks have drastically risen and and will definitely continue to rise in terms of the number of attacks and the intensity of attacks. For an example, ransomware attacks occur every 11 seconds now. Uh, Warning signs have been out there, and it's only getting uh, worse. Uh, basically, the digital blood's out there in the ocean. More sharks are coming, and you're going to see this in, uh, the intensity of attacks definitely increase. The FBI director, for example, compares the danger of ransomware to a 9-11 threat. Cyber threats are getting worse and increasing in intensity. Uh, most businesses think they're not a target, but indeed they are. Yeah, that's an amazing analogy, Matthew. I mean, blood in the water. And certainly recently, the Colonial Pipeline was hit with ransomware causing significant impacts. Any input on that, lessons learned that people can take away from that incident? Yes, absolutely. Uh, the, the lesson learned is be prepared. Uh, you can't prevent 100% of all cyber attacks, but without a doubt, if you're prepared, uh, you're going to be able to either mitigate the risk of a significant impact or significantly downsize uh, what that impact would be against your organization. About uh, 2.3 million was recovered. Uh, which is nor- not the norm, it was recovered by the uh, U.S. federal government. Uh, cryptocurrency is sometimes trackable. Uh, what the federal government uses is blockchain, public blockchain explorers to track payments made to the hackers. Uh, blockchain explorers have been described as the Google of cryptocurrencies. They basically allow users to find details about transactions, specific wallet addresses, including amounts transacted, sources and destination of funds, uh, and the status of the transactions. Um, in terms of um, ransomware occurring on the Colonial Pipeline, lesson learned, and just so the folks out there understand, ransomware doesn't just happen one day. Uh, usually there are systemic problems within the environment, uh, and then uh, at one point, then the business is being held hostage. Uh, apparently, the uh, Colonial Pipeline was preparing uh, a cyber assessment, but this pandemic, but the pandemic got in the way. Cyber attacks and lessons learned is that uh, cyber attacks don't wait for pandemics to subside. In fact, the number of cyber attacks have only spiked uh, during COVID and even pre-COVID. They're still going up uh, with the distributed workforce. The urgency to complete an appropriate assessment is something that should be a matter of urgency, not something that's put off. Uh, just think of the impacts. They crippled one of the country's largest gas pipeline. Fuel pumps ran empty. Prices rose, created public fear and a loss of public confidence. Uh, and uh Imagine if the attack was not financially motivated. Uh, Attackers apparently targeted a virtual private network that wasn't even supposed to be in use. 
the password used to gain access to the network was easily obtainable and no two-factor authentication was being uh, utilized uh, to secure that environment. The CEO is made to testify in front of the U.S. Senate. Stricter regulatory requirements are already being discussed to better regulate the industry. Yeah, those are amazing facts uh, behind that. And certainly, you know, what has been a little bit more in the news that's pretty amazing to me is that a group called DarkSide was apparently behind the cyber attack. So tell us, why are they and why is it so difficult for law enforcement to apprehend or disrupt these cyber criminals? Uh, the cyber criminals are usually always a step ahead. Uh, Darkside is a cyber criminal hacking group uh, believed to be based in Eastern Europe and likely Russian. They target vi- uh, businesses using ransomware and extortion. For example, in uh, May of 2021, uh, the same group launched uh, an attack against a U.S.-based company called JBS, Using ransomware, they demanded $11 million to re- regain control of the company. The group also provides ransomware as a service. So they actually outsource their services. So you want to hire them, you got a hacker, hacker group for hire to attack another company. The group does not appear to be state-sponsored or operated by Russian intelligence services. Why are they hard uh, for law enforcement to apprehend? Uh, law enforcement has rules. There's borders. These attackers, they have no borders, they have no rules, and they can use the web and the dark web to obfuscate their tracks. Yeah, it's somewhat uh, frightening, but interesting to hear behind that and how we can uh, be aware of that. So again, with, you know, you're, we're constantly hearing about ransomware in the news. Uh, you know, our audience, obviously here at the Capitol table, largely are involved in M&A transactions. What do you think the biggest cyber threat uh, is from an M&A transaction perspective, and should reducing or mitigating the risk of ransomware warrant the most attention as they're preparing for a transaction? Sure. I mean, ransomware is definitely a threat and a significant one, uh, but you have to remember, as I kind of mentioned before, cyber attacks are not always financially motivated. Uh, moreover, there are various ways to extort revenue from an organization uh, via, its, uh, via its owners or through other mechanisms without using ransomware. Moreover, there are various ways to extort revenue from an organization uh, besides ransomware. So appropriate assessments, looking at the environment via independent uh, cybersecurity assessments is very critical. You want to protect an organization's confidentiality of their data, the integrity of that data, and the availability of that business. It's so critical that businesses are being appropriately protected today because it's not just ransomware. Ransomware is only one mechanism of, a, of an attack vector. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. So <clears throat> let's change the direction just a little bit, but tell us what a supply chain attack is and why this matters. And again, in particular, as people are looking at M&A transactions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, businesses depend on other businesses. and. Yes, supply chain attack, they're definitely on the rise. Uh, they basically seek to damage uh, the less secure elements of a business or the businesses or the businesses that the business relies on to stay in business. SolarWinds is an example of this, which stemmed from a backdoor uh, injected into its IT management application tool. That supply chain attack affected 18,000 customers to download a, this backdoor. SolarWinds is an exa- a good example of a um, supply chain attack. This is where um, 18,000 customers had do- downloaded uh, a backdoor into their environment. And what that affected was uh, it came about through the IT management, an IT management application tool, 
where uh, it originated from uh, SolarWinds, but uh, it was used by a third-party supplier to attack its customers' infrastructures. Yeah, interesting. I mean, the the list just keeps going of where these threats are. Changing years again, I mean, certainly we've talked in the past that you've worked on several insurance claims on the behalf of both insurers as well as on behalf of those who are insured. What are your thoughts on cyber insurance? Correct. Well, we worked approximately $2 billion in claims. We worked on behalf of the insurers as well as the insured. Um, cyber insurance is only as good as the policies written. Uh, having an appropriate assessment, understand what the risks are in your environment, the realistic impacts to that environment is absolutely critical. Uh, for example, if a policy is underwritten where there's an exemption for acts of war, well, for example, ransomware, which we were talking about earlier, a lot of the ransomware is written by uh, Russian uh, state-sponsored actors, or they're written by, uh, f- they come from Iran or traced to Iran, North Korea. Uh, basically, uh, that there may be an exemption in the policy that if it's it would be considered an act of war, that the person may not be made whole again, or the business may not be made whole again because uh, it would be an exemption in the policy. Uh, in addition to that, uh, the, if a person is negligent or reckless with their environment, the policy may not cover that as well, especially if you're asserting that the business has appropriate security controls and is appropriately cyber fit. Well, those are great warning signs and certainly becoming more prevalent. So uh, listeners out there pay attention to that. Those hints given by Matthew, very important. Yeah, I think final question again, we're for this issue of the capital table. Our listeners are always looking for an advantage as they're putting their next transaction together and being creative in that. You know, in what ways can a buyer or a seller or investor leverage these cyber threats or their cyber practices to their advantage? And if so, how do, how would that work? Sure, there's there's always advantages um, and disadvantages uh, whether you're the buyer, the seller, or an investor. Uh, conducting it, we've seen in the past, conducting an appropriate cyber assessment. If you're on the buyer side, uh, you may want uh, an independent assessment done. Uh, it's kind of like scoping a house before you buy a house. Uh, you're going to check all areas of the house, uh, the roof, uh, the, the pipes. Um, and then you're able to go back uh, to uh, the other party and basically state, you know, you would like it for a lower price. If you're selling your business and your your business has really good cyber fitness, you can change the value of uh, of um, that sale. Uh, so we've seen uh, on in areas where where the cyber is not up to par, it can take up to as much as 25% on a normal business, and in some really uh, unique scenarios, as much as 50% off. So it's like buying a car. Uh, do your homework, and the buyer beware. Great. Well, Matthew, always a pleasure sitting down with you to talk about issues in cyber and cybersecurity. And certainly I know our listeners have uh, enjoyed the the first go around we had, and I'm sure they'll learn a lot from this issue. So until next time, because I'm sure there will be a next time as these issues keep confronting us and confronting you you and your practice here with them. Uh, Thanks for joining us and thanks to our audience. Thank you, Steve. You've been listening to The Capital Table. For more information, please visit witham.com. Thank you for listening.